episode number two. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, um, so welcome back. It has been a couple of days and I was just reminiscing over pretty much all of the memories that I can really grasp. Um, so I did when I was two years old. This one will be one of the greatest memories I remember when I was three years old. Yeah, I was three. Mm-hmm. So first things first, I'm going to advise you that it will be kind of sad in a way. If you're a crybaby, just get ready. Get your tissues, put them on the side. Just be like, all right, I'm going to need to pick one or two. Um, and when I speak about it, I'm not speaking about it in a sad way because it. I have come a long way from that moment. And I've had a lot of people in my family that have been there for me, especially at such a young age when I was not able to understand what was going on, why it was happening, um, even in the real world, what's supposed to happen to an average three-year-old versus what was happening to me. So please just bear with me. Cry babies. You could cry. Anybody else, you know, just just listen. So um, I was at daycare, and I started to have these rashes on my neck. And... Um, I was very aware of everything on my body. I was I was a clean, clean, clean little girl. Um, even when it came to food, if I have ketchup or something on my clothes, I would like I would be like, "Mom, you need to change my clothes. It has ketchup on it. I don't do ketchup like on my clothes." <laughs> so I I noticed how I was feeling, how uncomfortable I was feeling. So I started scratching my neck and scratching my neck, and then I brought it to attention to the attention of um my daycare teacher, what was her name? Uh Miss Courtney. Yeah, Miss Courtney or Miss Bianca. One of them. I went up to her, I was like, look, I was pointing to her, look, look. So what it had been um was lymph notes. So lymph nodes are um, bumps that formulate um, on your body as a sign of cancer. I was three years old. I um, I didn't know nothing about nothing, nor did my daycare teacher know anything about that. Show. So she was just thinking, oh, maybe it's a rash or um, something like that. Um, I know by the end of that day, my mom had come. I don't think she came at the end. I think she came probably like in the middle of that day and had taken me to the hospital. So now I'm going to the hospital. I I never been to a hospital before, first of all. So she takes me to the emergency room and my mom was always prepared. She had snacks in the bag. Um, She had already given me a juice box. She's just pampering me. But I can see the concern on her face. Um, we're waiting there in the emergency room, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then the doctors are like, oh, well, we're going to have to put you in a separate room. So me and my mother, well, my mother and I, we go to a separate room. And the doctors take my mom aside. I'm eating my snacks. 
Um, they have the TV going on. I'm watching a little cartoon, whatever. I see my mom go to the room. I see her come back in tears, just tears dripping down her face. And I have this moment of this, like, something's wrong. Something is wrong. Something is very, very wrong. And I remember just being in a a state of mind where I went from something's wrong, I'm eating my snacks, to, okay, now she's being taken into a room, being told to, well, when I say she, I mean me, being told to change my clothes into a Johnny, and then being asked to relax because I'm going to get a needle in my hand so they can attach it to an IV immediately. And, all right, so this is where crybabies, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge crybaby. This moment, ooh, I can never forget it. Like, even now, I'm just, like, tearing up because... A needle, an IV, it all happens so quick. And I wish, I wish, and I'm not blaming my mother or, nobody, or anybody else, but I wish there were some type of um, interpreter or something that was able to explain to me now, a three-year-old, that I have stage four cancer and I need to be treated immediately because... It just came up out of nowhere. Now, my mother is not on my mother's side of the family. It's not on my father's side of the family. It just happened mysteriously. The doctors don't know how, why, but they know that it's here and it needs to get treated. So, so, so they, they, they want to put a needle on my arm. I'm looking, I'm like, no, this is not happening. If someone were to explain or interpret what's going on to me as a three year old, I probably would have had a better reaction, but I started screaming. I wanted to leave the room. I was kicking. They had two doctors come in and hold me down. Like I was a fighter. I was a run. I was such an energetic little girl, and I was just like something is wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. And the first, the first thing that would come to somebody's mind when they realize that they're about to experience pain is, "What did I do wrong?" So even now, being an adult, and I know certain things happening to me, I'm or I'm automatically being myself. That's just the the mentality that I have. Like if this happened, I'm gonna take account. I'm gonna take blame first and assess what I did wrong. And then if that gets overruled, then I I move to the next person or the next reasoning or whatever. But at that young age, I'm automatically being myself because I know, I know I was I was, I was reckless. So. They had to hold me down. Oh, I screamed. And my mom had to leave the room because she couldn't see me in that position. But being the little girl on that bed, I'm like, why am I going through this and my mom's leaving me? What's going on? Why is she leaving? She's supposed to be here. They're holding me down. They put the IV in my head. I'm screaming. I'm crying. I don't remember... I don't remember feeling any type of comfort. Like when I tell y'all, I don't it was just it was just a moment where I felt like 
oh, it was intense. It was intense. And then I remember a few hours later, I'm waking up. I guess they gave me something to calm me down because a few hours later, I woke up and my mom was just there and I looked at her and I just, I just felt, I know I was three, but I felt disgusted. I was like, bro, you let these people do this to me. I'm looking at my hand. I'm seeing something like mad tape. I'm, it's the wires connected to the IV. I, it it, it was just, (laughs) I told her, I said immediately, where's daddy? I want daddy. Don't talk to me, just where's daddy? She said, daddy's coming. He's on his way. You want some snacks? You want to watch TV? No, I want snacks. I want to watch TV, nothing. And I, and I gave, I paused. I paused. I gave her time to tell me what's going on. And, and I wish I had had more patience with her because I know that was traumatic for her as well now reflecting on it it was it was probably traumatic for her as well and i've never actually talked about it with her which is something that that probably needs to be done but eh, i still got time but yeah she told me she was like daddy's coming daddy's coming so i bet where is he i got up off the bed i grabbed the iv i rolled it with me i was like shit i can't take it out i might as well like i put two and two together yeah i was reckless rebellious whatever but i was like if this is inside of me it must be for a reason i'm gonna just take it with me and i looked outside of the room i looked outside of the room how at that very exact moment i see my dad bust through them double doors like it was nobody's business and um he was a correctional officer so he had the uniform on he had come straight from work he had the uniform on and i looked up to my the correctional officer i didn't know the difference between a police a cop a, a firefighter whatever if you got a uniform and a badge you're something you, you you know so i saw him bust through them double doors at that very instant and he came through them double doors so concerned he picked me up. He hugged me. He grasped me. He started crying. I ain't never seen my dad cry. That was the only time I ever seen my dad cry a day in my life. Um, he started crying. He held me. I just cried, too. I just cried, too. And then and there was, I guess, the only um, explanation I got in terms of me needing to be in the hospital for, what, three years after that? Three years after that, I was I was going through a lot. I had cancer. I had cancer, and no one knew how, no one knew why, no one knew where it came from, but I had it, and it had to be, it had to be treated, but that hug and that realization and that, that, point of oh oh but I just I just had to look in his eyes and he just had to look at me and I was like all right all right all right daddy all right okay dad I understand and and I'm I'm gonna do whatever the nurses the doctors tell me to do I'm gonna take my medicines whatever's gonna happen after this it's okay because I see it in your eyes I see in your eyes that something is wrong with me and and you're going to be there. Was he there all the time? Nah. 
But <laughs> when I had the major surgeries and everything, he was. And my mother, however, she she also had my little brother who was um about 19 months younger than me. So she was she was dealing with a lot, but she was there. She was she was there. And and I remember just being upstairs in those hospital rooms by myself, wondering where she is, wondering what's going on in the outside world. There was a point in my life where I was probably four or five where I thought all the kids in the world had cancer because I was always in the hospital and all of us had our IVs walking up and down the floors like, you know, so... So when I, um, I'm good now, I'm good now, guys, 15 years out, <laughs> when I was in remission, um, I had the last surgery, I was about six, and the doctors let my mother know that, like, I'm good, I no longer have cancer, but I'm gonna need to come for checkups and everything, and I was basically released into the world, that's how I take it, released into the world, I started school, everything, I'm seeing other girls with hair, I'm seeing other girls, you know, um, taller than me because the medication in, that I had taken while I did have cancer was stunting me, basically. Um, chemotherapy is it's good for you, but it's also bad for you in a way. And it's like a 50-50 chance that it would work in your body and it will heal it would cure your condition of the cancer. So I had that 50-50 chance, but there were also little percentages where I lost some of my eyesight, I lost some of my height, I lost some of my hair growth. I can go on and on, but that that one memory, that one memory of just the transition from you were okay in a daycare to now you need to be in a hospital, receive treatment, be careful, eat certain things, do certain things. Oh, it it was it was such it was such a memory and the moral of the story is although my mom had to leave that room while I was getting the IV put in She was still with me. And it's all about perspective. Being a three-year-old and seeing that versus being a... How old was she? She was 30... She was 24 when she had me. So she was about like 27, 28. A 27, 28-year-old seeing their child... Being told that their child has stage four, first of all. Stage four. And is not... Is not something someone wants to hear, first of all. And and then being told that they need to be treated immediately. And what's about to happen is for her good. She couldn't be in that position where she was holding my hand or whatever. But she was, she was outside that door because she didn't want to put any more traumatic stress on herself. She also had to go home or or provide for my little brother. So... There was a lot. There was a lot being put into that cup. And just as a three-year-old, realizing that, okay, 
this is what's happening and who who is there for me and seeing my father being there and just noting that although he wasn't there for a significant amount of my life he was there for that one moment and that one moment could possibly make up for years so it's all about perspective it's all about acknowledging those who were there for you in those moments those times of need and just being able to reflect and be like i made it i made it thanks to those people thanks to the mindset i had then the mindset i have now <sighs> what a time but eventually you just you just smile that's all that's all there is left to do is smile Thank you so much for listening to my second episode. (laughs) And just remember to stay valid. No matter what, stay valid. See you later.